Hi, this is Chanda Rubin, and you're listening to Brothers on Tennis. All right. Hello, everybody. We're, we are just now transitioning from recording our um, podcast show um, on Instagram Live. And so we're coming over here for the after show. We want to talk a little bit about this French Open, and, and we want to get some of your input as well. Hey, what's up, Andrew? What's up, Mitchell? I'm waiting on my partner in crime, Mr. Isaac, to show up. Um, but hopefully everyone got a chance to see that really good tennis that we had this weekend. Okay, there's Isaac. Let's get it going. Hey, what up, everybody? Hey, hey bruh. Hey, hey, hey. So, so let me just go ahead and start off by saying Aww. anybody that wants to jump up and join us for conversation. Andrew, I know you got something to say. Right? Uh, uh, Come on, man. Yeah. How at us? Let's, let's talk about this uh, French Open. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and bring you up, uh, Andrew. I'm going to save you a step. <laughs> Come on up here, my man. Turn down my sound in the back. Had to turn down my sound in the back. <laughs> it's, it's Monday night. <laughs> Gentlemen. So, yes, hello. How are you? What is up, my man? Well, you know, Ken, if I you know had a chance to talk to you the last few days, so I know you good, good in, uh, on multiple fronts. Uh Isaac, <laughs> sir. What's I'm, going on, man? How you doing? Man, I'm just I'm just maintaining, doing fine, just the whole the the wholeness of um having Roland Garros in September and October. Right? Um, now, I mean, <laughs> crashing with my NFL Sunday, right. it's just still something that's too surreal. Uh, I know, yeah. I know. <laughs> How did I'm you like, like, man, that the minute like that final over, I'm like, preview got fantasy team. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right, man. Yeah, I was I was doing double duty myself. I was watching my football on one gear. I was watching Roland Garros on another. So yeah, it, it was a lot of double dipping. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, man. But um, yeah, me and Kenneth kind of talked about this all the way. The funny stuff we had about Sophia Kennings um, <laughs> and her her very passionate father, or at least passionate enough, but not as passionate as, as his daughter. And, oh. um, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I can't wait to to get in with you since Kenneth already know how he was laughing all over this past week. <laughs> right. So, so let's let's jump into it. Let, let let's start off with the women's finals. So yes, we had in the finals we had two people that I did not predict that were going to be in the finals. The American Sophia Kennan, who was going for her second major title of the year, and we had Iga Swiatek who was for, you know, she she was a deep reach for like, mm-hmm. but for people that have been following her for the last couple of years, you know, we knew she had the potential to do something special. We just didn't know it was going to be this year. So, Andrew, what were your thoughts about that, that 6-4-6-1 uh, beatdown that Iga <laughs> gave uh, Kenan this weekend? It's funny because Kenan... When someone asked in the press conference before the National Friday if she had played sports at, because they had never played at WTA level or senior level professionally, she was like, no, I did play her. I lost to her in Roland Garrison Juniors. 
Mm-hmm. And one thing about Kenan, as we know so far, is that she is very ultra competitive, meaning she's the type, just like, say, Serena or, say, Yarapova, who remembers these things about if she lost to someone and is desperately about getting that whole revenge. Like, a lot of players try to talk about, hey, different match, you know, this is what it is. No. A lot of players are honest. We know revenge is needed and wanted by a lot of players on both um, both the WC and the ATP. So Kenan was determined. She was like, I am a Grand Slam champion, and I will avenge my loss. Just like Danielle Collins, I mm-hmm. will win this time against <laughs> Twartek in the final and have two Grand Slams and say, I'm the one that should be getting the billings as top player in the world. And Iga Swartat Went and just swatted her down, honestly. And um, <laughs> it, 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 it was a slap down where I was even a little bit surprised with it. Where even with Swartat being the natural clay, red clay player, it was still something where that domination in the second set, and really she controlled the match from the start. You know, with her going up three love in the first set, already hitting through Kenan, Kenan couldn't hit through her. And Swartzhead hitting the backhand just as well, better than Kenny hitting her backhand. Yep. And it was like Kenny was already in trouble then. But then, you know, when she got it back to 3-2, you're thinking, okay, she's getting this back in. Now it's about to be the 50-50 final that I thought. And then this Eagle was just like, I'm composed. And, you know, it's time for Poland to get a grand slam. And boy, did she ever do that. <laughs> Didn't she, though? I mean, I know we talked about this fact that just – the, the fact that she is so mature, that she has a sports psychologist in her camp, that yep. to me speaks volumes. And that's why she wasn't, she wasn't scared. She was like, I, I am not afraid of this moment. Uh, you know, I already took out the number one player and the folks, you know, all the betting folks was voting on to, uh, to win mm-hmm. this title, i.e. Yep. Halep. And so she was like, anybody scared of you? She's like, please, I'll be Hallam. Ain't nobody gonna be all scared of no Kenan. Please get yourself out of here. You know, <laughs> I'm glad you said that, Kenan. Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, because you know, from the beginning of that first match against Von Dersova, this is how great Swartz's run was. Von Dersova mm-hmm. was in that situation last year, being the teenager in the final, you know, in the final against Ashley Barty. And, you know, for Swartz hat to squat her down. Mm-hmm. Like she did, and did that in the fashion that she did it in. She went. <laughs> it, it, it's been a, and Kenneth mentioned this to me because I forgot that her favorite player was Rafael Nadal, mm. and she went and literally through the field of players that she played through. Because people look at Trevesian and Podrovskova as dream quarterfinals, semifinals, but you know for her to beat Von Joseph in the first round of straights, Sway, even though Sway's not loving clay. Still beating her straight sets and didn't beat yep. Sharp, who yep. played well, real and, good tennis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and dispatch her six three six two. Mm-hmm. I mean, Swartzat went and won this title without dropping a set, and we're gonna Crazy. get into that with Rafa. But I mean, that is something weird. She had no real depth. Yep. And, no, and and remember, she didn't just beat Halep. She's better. She said oh. that is a whole biscuit and a breadstick. And a breadstick. And so they're going her way. Exactly. It you was know? like, it, yeah, go, exactly. Yeah, go on, little girl. Ain't that not here for you? And then, <laughs> yep. and then, let me tell you one of the most impressive things she did, and she did it in the finals, mm-hmm. is that's when that little Sophia Kennan 
used those, that little gamesmanship in the second set. Right, mm-hmm. she leave the court because she was trying to trying to break up that momentum, and you and this may have been the effect of the the sports psychologist because mm-hmm. you saw that did not phase Inga at all. She was out there, you know, swinging her arms and staying <laughs> hot, and she was like, mm-hmm. "I'm in the kitchen and I'm baking this bread for you, and when you come back, you got you got a bagel or a breadstick coming. I don't know; it'll be up to you as to which one it is." <laughs> and she got her that breadstick and, and sent her on her way. So it wasn't like she just kind of won this tournament. She really dominated uh, the yep. tournament. And we, and we can't forget, while she was dominating singles on her day job, she was moonlighting them doubles and made it all the way to, made it all the, way to the semifinals. I'm telling you. Yes, she did. I mean, I mean. Like the, the the fact that she was close and the doubles helped her, you know, mm-hmm. because the drop shot she was in against Cannon, I mean, you know, she was all court whipping her side to side. And it's gonna be funny that you two will mention this about Cannon in terms of the antics and how um the popularity or lack thereof of Cannon, despite being the American number one and the Grand Slam champion at twenty one. Um, is is part of like those antics you saw why and Swartz had for her to deal with that and mm-hmm. still just be full throttle with it. I'm saying she she's on pace for me, I feel, to win at least multiple um French uh French Open titles because she's got that clay court game and she's got that demeanor where unlike Ivanovich, she's not emotionally disabled at any single point as Anna <laughs> right. was. For a large part of her career, and and then Asimpinko, you know, Swartzak stable. Asimpinko yep. can have her emotional moments, physically and mentally. Well, yeah, and that's I, true. I'm sorry, I think Asimpinko's uh, French Open is going to go down as a fluke. Mm-hmm. It, it's going to be the same as Bartoli's Wimbledon. Yep. And yep. Gaston and Gaudio's French Open. Oh, yep. <laughs> I mean. I mean, yes. <laughs> the reason why I view those different is because, you know, they were sort of, well, Gaudio certainly middle of his career towards them. So I don't think no one expected him to win like a slam. And Corey blew that. And mm-hmm. it, it he really did. Yeah, I mean, Lord. And that's why he's <laughs> never the same. And then Bart- <laughs> and a- we didn't expect her to win that. Now, Austin Pinko, she had junior height. And then her winning in 20 and Halep really blew in the final. Um, you know, people would say, oh, she's got the game and everything and all that. And I'm like, yeah, she got that because Halep just blew it and she was able to rein in her power as the underdog. But um, look, I'm, I just want to throw this out. I was talking to somebody who is, uh, let's just say, adjacent to Ostapenko's uh, camp. And he told me that even within the camp, they think it's a fluke. Wow. Ooh. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> they, they, see her, they see her French Open win as a, as a fluke. So that's coming from within the camp. Ooh, 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 Asipenko or Swartzak? Oh, no, Asipenko. That's what. Oh, I was about to say. I was about to say. I was like, Damn! Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't know nobody adjacent to uh, Eagles camp, but yeah, yeah I, know, I know somebody adjacent to Ostapenko's camp, and he was like, "Nah." <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, yeah, I agree with him. He's smart. That is funny. 
<laughs> so, so okay, so we, we've got that. And the, and the one thing that I can predict coming out of the women's uh, final is that in a matter of days, if it hasn't already happened, Iga will be signing her racket deal with Prince Rackets. <laughs> <laughs> and yes. Then, and then and I don't know who's going to get up on her with her gear. Uh, but mm. she's going to have a gear contract too. So congratulations to her to now being number 17 in the world. Absolutely. Mm. And Don't more to come. 17. Wow. Yeah, more to come. Like I said, she's got a tremendous game. And like I said, the fact that you know her mental is right, that will go a long way. Very long way. So let's talk about the men. And, and, oh, hey. and, and once again, I kind of want to... <laughs> Like we did on the podcast tonight, Isaac, I, I want to start back with the semifinals yes. for the men. So, Andrew, what were your thoughts initial? Uh, what were your thoughts about the Djokovic season pass five seven? Well, all I can say is that um, you know Novak was probably saying to himself. I kind of do wish Stefanos would come back now and win this in the fifth set because uh, of what we saw yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> because, because I'm telling you, the minute he dropped that set to Karina Booth in the quarterfinals, I was like, well, those saying that Novak is, you know, on this mission and he's only lost once and that was to himself to Karina Busto, uh-huh. to the prize woman. And, you know, and then all of a sudden it was like getting shaky against Karina Busta. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I was like, okay, there's a little bit of a shink in the arm. And I'm like, Sister Pass, you got a real shot at this. And Sister Pass basically really gave him the first set and fell apart in the second. You thought, all right, well, Djokovic, you got Sister Pass not playing the big points. And he just having his Sister Pass sort of random day. And um, then all of a sudden he couldn't save that match point. And Stefanos was coming back and making mm-hmm. it happen. And then you had to wonder with his neck now hurting out of nowhere, Novak, if he was going to even win that final set before Sissipas' body broke down from just trying to come back. So uh, even there, I was like, mm, hey, I know the conditions aren't warm and Rafa loves the warm weather and everything, but um, you didn't look too good there, Novak. And um it's something where I couldn't then say to myself, wow, he's going to be able to beat him for only the second time on Roland Garros soul. And, you know, with Rafa against Schwartzman, you know, it's something where what happened in Rome stays in Rome, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because um, – and then Schwartzman, you know, he challenged him a few years ago in the quarterfinals of Roland Garros. So I know he was really confident and really believing himself in – Rafa got the perfect warm-up for Schwartzman and Sinner because, you know, Sinner was really playing the same type of style in terms of that type of guy that can hurt Rafa down the line on both sides. Mm-hmm. And he was just – he just like, Diego, you got to know, bro, this is this is not Rome. This is the other nine times. And, um, <laughs> particularly the time when I'm about no, no, no um, defensive stuff. Like, I'm here to do what Moya has taught me. And mm-hmm. I'm going to be real aggressive on here. And um, he just went another level against Schwartzman and Center because Center played great. Center you know, played a great match. Yeah, did. I was about to yeah. say, he. I actually thought he was going to snatch that first set from Rafa. I mean, Me I too. really, really did. He played a good match, real good. Yeah. So it just set up with what we saw yesterday. Mm-hmm. So then we get 
to the finals. And, um, and, and, and I mentioned this also on the podcast and, you know, Andrew, I was on several locker room discussions and, you know, I heard many times people talking about, you know, this is Djokovic's year. He's going to get him this time. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you guys? I mean, and when you have somebody who has never lost, mm-hmm. once they've made it to the semifinals of the French Open, they've never lost in the finals. They got 12 titles. I am picking that person to win if they roll out there in a wheelchair. Until <laughs> they lose. You know what I'm saying? Until they lose? No, I'm going with them. And Rafa showed, I, I use this example in the podcast, what do you do when you invite somebody, when somebody comes over to your house? You, you, you welcome them. You give them some food. You feed them, right? <laughs> That's exactly what he did to Novak because Novak came into what? <laughs> Rafa's house. Yep. He came to Casa de Rafa. <laughs> <laughs> and he got fed. He got fed, first of all, a bagel. Mm. And he still looked a little hungry after that bagel. So Nadal was like, you know what? I do have this like one whole biscuit in the back. Mm-hmm. If, if you want this whole biscuit, I got it's it. It's yours. It's yours. He took that whole biscuit. <laughs> and honestly, the way the third set started off, I thought it was going to be some more feeding, but I, I, I guess Novak got a little full at that point. But yeah, <laughs> Nadal played probably one of the best finals I've seen him play. And especially since this is probably. This hell, this may have been the only final that Nadal played, except for maybe his first one, where there were people even talking about him not even being the favorite to win. Mm-hmm. 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 And so yeah. Nadal just looked around and put his finger to his lips and then invited him <laughs> and like, shut that noise up. Shut that noise up. Daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know. Yeah, you know, Kenneth, it's something where you said the whole house analogy, and I was gonna say that that wonderful phrase that you and Isaac definitely know all the way, good sir Rice Everett, is the fact that um uh, you don't gotta leave, but you gotta get the hell out of here. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> because I'm telling you, you know, the thing that mm. I said for Djokovic, even with the net issues that was that could have been a major strength for him was the conditions, you know, the conditions still being cold. Rafa hates the cold. I mean, everybody, unless it was Dominic team, hated the cold. Right. <laughs> this year, you know, I mean, it was 40 degrees. Like, you know, I, know, you right? know, I mean, Lord, I mean, even cold like that here in New York yet. So, <laughs> you know, so uh, it was something where I thought that maybe that was a thing, but then they closed the roof and, mm-hmm. If we thought Rafael Nadal was invincible on <laughs> on Felice Chatrier when it's like a, a sunny day, because the only two times he lost Sunderland, it was a damp day and his knees was kind of messed up. And then we lost to Djokovic when Djokovic was in his own. It was a cloudy day and, and Rafa didn't hit his backhand as well as he's doing now. And then Djokovic didn't proceed to lose to Warrenka. So what good did that do, unfortunately, for him? <laughs> you know, but... The thing that was just so telling is that it seemed that somehow the roof or them closing the roof made him even more difficult to beat Mm -hmm. (laughs) on this surface. Exactly. Because he was in his backhand. He was out backhanding Djokovic. As I was saying earlier to Bryce Isaac, 
And I'm like, this dude went, and Djokovic, he could have won that first game in the match, but he didn't. And, mm-hmm. oh, Lord, he, he served him what, gentlemen? Because he served him up something. Yes, well, and, I, and I tell you what else. I mean, I thought it was funny that Djokovic was coming in with that whole drop shotting strategy because Nadal mm-hmm. looked at him like, what, do you think I'm slow? I know, right? He's like, you forget, <laughs> you forget who you're playing, right? Nadal <laughs> won a good percentage of those drop shot attempts by Djokovic. Yep. yep, he sure did. He certainly did. And and going back to what you were saying as well, uh, Andrew, Rafael Nadal's backhand, I don't know that I've ever seen it look that good. It was potent. He yep. was like, he was like, your forehand does not scare me today, son. And in fact, you better get up on this backhand because I got something for you. Every I was shocked how he was hitting his backhand. He man, he was like, I ain't nobody scared of your forehand. I'm about to put these <laughs> backhands on you. And them cross courts were beautiful. He played just an incredible match. So I Bryce, what you were saying, I it, one of the best matches I think I've ever seen Rafael Nadal play. And 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 rightfully so. I mean, like I said, Novak got up on him that one time at the Australian Open. So he he owed him that. He was like, yeah, I'm 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 gonna put it on you like that. Mm. To where to where you just straight confused. That's a great <laughs> yeah, and, point. And, and he did it against not only the number one player in the world, but the I mean, you know, everybody wanted to say he was basically undefeated for the year because they want to discount him uh, hitting an umpire in the throat. But, you know, that's part of the game. You can't right. do that and win. Can't do uh, it. Sorry. <laughs> right. So, I mean, so for somebody who had apparently so much momentum going this year, Nadal treated him just like a straight up. I mean, I, did he beat anybody that bad? Uh, yeah, yeah, because I remember he lost like five games in, a, in in his first couple matches there. So I mean, I think it was the yeah his second, third, and fourth. I think he lost like a total of like four games or something like that. So you know, Nadal looked good the entire tournament. He in really fact, did. In fact, Isaac, I can't remember the last men's slam winner to go eighteen sets one. No sets lost. Twenty-one, sorry, twenty-one, sorry, twenty-one. Yep, there you go. There you go. Twenty, <laughs> twenty-one sets. I'm sorry, Ralph. I'm costing you. <laughs> I know them, them. Them last three were so quick. For <laughs> real, I know, I know. Lord, not this is me loving that water with a calculus. Um, <laughs> you know, twenty-one sets, one zero loss. And, mm-hmm. and I mean, it's just unreal. I mean, he would already be dominating if he just lost. One set to Schwartzman and maybe one to center or Djokovic. But for him to go through this tournament, particularly in the last three rounds, because, you know, Corder, McDonald, God bless them, especially set Corder, great tournament. But yeah. you know, it, it, there was no chance for them to take the set. You know, in no. Trivaga, Gerasimo, we literally, if they took a set, they'd be like, I will tell my grandchildren I beat Rafi on the Dow. Exactly. Like, you know? But to do that against center and then Schwartzman who beat him in Rome. And mm-hmm. then to do that, obviously, to Djokovic in the match where Djokovic could have had 18 grand slams down. And the dial would have been 19. Djokovic right there the momentum. And, you know, going with the two slams of this year and then having the momentum for next year and feeling that he is going to pass Roger and Rafa or be right there to tie him. And, and Rafa was like, 
I'm just like, this is my territory. This is my domain. And you're going to get slapped in the brain. <laughs> that's right. it. That's yeah. it. And that's exactly what happened, too. So, and mind you, and you also have to make, you know, and I guess that's why it's just, man, it's just so, it's so crazy. Because mind you, Djokovic had some wins in there, too. I mean, you look at his first three or four matches. He only lost like a total of five games. I think the first, uh, on average, the first three matches he played, he only lost like five games to his opponents. So to then turn around and spank somebody up like that, it's, man, Rafa just, man, like I said, he earned a level. He he moved up a level for me just on the respect board because it was incredible. Yeah. So apparently at the French Open, if you lost a set, you couldn't win the tournament. (laughs) <laughs> right that was you know, it. On, on the men's and the women's side you mm-hmm. know you couldn't win the tournament so it was, I tell you what it I was very very happy with the results and, and Andrew something else that we mentioned on our podcast earlier today and our social media and even on the people that were on IG live there had been so many comments about people going into the weekend just saying they just didn't want Kenan or Djokovic to win Mm-hmm. And and I was like, these are some really unpopular people. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with Djokovic, you know, it's something where, and and overall, he's a you know, to me, really nice guy. Has just gotten the rap that he is because the the playing style is not as pleasing and aesthetically to Federer, Nadal. Then he can have those random moments where, if you really are saying to yourself, his game annoys me, that you're like. Well, his attitude annoys me or his like demeanor annoys me. And then obviously the year that he's had so far getting COVID, albeit maybe it's more Serbian government's fault for not having him have the clear guidelines to avoid that. Players council, all this other stuff, you know, the past stuff with Federer here and there, even though it was more on court than off court. So it's just a thing where you're going to already have those people, you know, built in for him in terms of anything. And and just um, not just wanting to see him um, get any title or, but especially if you're in the Dollar Federal fan with the Grand Slam total and just the overall, you know, rivalry. But um, Kenan, you know, it's it's something where when you have a 21 year old American win a Slam, normally um, you you would see them all over social media, be at least a crossover star name. I could tell you, I go down the street and just ask somebody randomly who's a casual fan if you know anything about Sophia Kennan. They're like, who the like Kennan? What Kennan? What Kennan? <laughs> and, and that's just, and that's the realities where, um, despite her being a junior number one and all that, you know, mm-hmm. no one thought that she would be a slam winner and would be someone that would do her thing. And at this way, and add on to the fact that. Her, her, do whatever it takes antics, and is the thing that will have people annoyed along with that spunkiness. And if you're spunky and also can do annoying tactics, then that's <laughs> that's gonna be the problem. And I, and I actually do like Sophia Kennan in terms of like her having to fight, not being overhyped despite being the junior number one that she was. But it is something that if you get at certain players and give them a reputation to try to dog them like how they did at Serena. If Serena did that, or if Venus did that, or if anybody else did that, Sloan did that even, it will be a little bit more of a problem 
in terms of the whole perspective on things. Master Keys to if they did stuff like that, <laughs> how would they be perceived? And right. it's only fair that people would be annoyed with Cannon over these things, particularly when it's in a non-Daniel Collins match. <laughs> <laughs> My girl Danielle. Well, I like Danielle, and I like Danielle, but you know, because she's about it, literally scrapping public courts, loving mm-hmm. Serena and Venus growing up, but it is what it is, though, with her, too, and that's what I loved about that quarterfinal so much. <laughs> that quarterfinal was awesome. <laughs> I wanted more, to be honest with you. No, I, to be honest with you, though, I feel like with, with Sophia, I think that there is something missing in her camp. And, and I don't know. I, I think it might be someone that's like, you know, kind of someone who can mold her or not mold her because – you can still do the antics and everything like that. But I guess for me, they're not coaching her in the right way to kind of maximize the spotlight and to maximize or to even form, if you will, a level of popularity. Cause I go back to something that they, I guess they asked her a question around, you know, what is it that, you know, that kind of drives you and, you know, and I think the commentators were like, yeah, they were waiting for some like, you know, really thoughtful, you know, very thought out, you know, in depth, you know, deep answer. And basically her answer was, I just, I hate to lose. I want to win. And you can't be that dry. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you need to coach a player to be a little bit more, you know, be more interesting. I mean, everybody know you don't want to lose, but I mean, you got to put some stuff out there that's going to make you a little bit more interesting. And I feel like her camp is failing her in that sense, because there's just nothing out there about her that's interesting, in my opinion. And you know what was very interesting about that uh, observation, Isaac, is that, and that could be by design, believe it or not. You know, yeah. you have you have some people, and especially when you think about her father and the journey he had for them to come over, you know, the whole Sher- Sharapova story right? yep. again, right? You know, for them, probably the most important thing is money right. in terms of being successful, being number one. It's all about the tennis. If, you, if you're not winning, then all that other stuff doesn't even matter, and you know, sometimes I think people have a harder time seeing the bigger picture. Like, hey, at the end of the day, this is really your job. This is to set you up for life, mm-hmm. you know. So either you're going to win so much where you're going to amass, you know, your fortune and you're good for the rest of your life. Or you're going to do something, you know, like with the, the marketing and advertising or maybe getting into commentating and all that. Could you imagine her commentating a match? Oh, God, no. I mean, <laughs> um, but 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 turn the channel. But and, and I don't, you know, I'm not. I'm obviously not coming across as a Kenan fan right now. But the one thing that she's kind of got going for her though is that she is only 21. Yeah, right? she young. She young. So yeah. so you know, there, if there's a desire, there is there is time to turn this around. But I just have a feeling that her father probably runs shit in that camp. <laughs> and no, I'm serious. And I yeah. believe he he's like the decision maker for everything. And this type of oppor- these type of opportunities that she might have for her, I don't even think it's on his radar. Yeah, but that's where to me that's where he's missing though. Because right, yeah. as we all know, the, you're gonna make more money off court than you will on. I mean, right. literally, if you're doing it the right way, 
you be, you know, Sharapova make mi- millions upon millions of dollars. She ain't did nothing. I mean, I shouldn't say she didn't do nothing, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? She, I mean, her, if you look at her stacks, her big stacks are coming right. from the marketing. They are not coming right. from her results when she was on the court. And that to me is where they are messing up because the even fact Serena, that she won. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Even Serena. So you look at it and it's like, you can't, to me, you're doing yourself a disservice. If the only thing you're focusing in on is the tennis and just winning, because you've got an Australian open under your belt. There ain't no reason why you shouldn't be making yeah. some kind of a deal. I'm exactly. sorry. You know what I'm exactly. saying? Right. So so that's where I'm saying there is some there's a disservice. There is something missing. There is a gap there that they are not capitalizing on, because I know for me, shit, give me a Grand Slam title. Listen, you bet. Yeah, you'll see me on some air thing out there. You'd be like, he marketing that, too. Like, yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. Brother, y'all, y'all shutting it down with that. And that's Listen. just the real thing. You know, the one thing and I say this about Kenan where. And this was my issue, and I hope Courtney's not around because, you know, that's Sheriff Hover love all the way for her. The, like that. <laughs> She's not in there, so now you're free to speak. Is <laughs> <laughs> that going to be another uh, comparison post of endorsement deals? Um, the thing that's real is that um, that it'll be one thing if Kenan isolated herself like Sheriff Hover from everybody. I mean, didn't want to be friends with anybody. Didn't want to associate with anybody in WCA. Just wanting to be an antagonist for just being an antagonist. Like Sharapova was and got away with because I guess people being scared, my colleagues in the field, of going at IMG and Max Eisenberg and trying not to mess up IMG and get on their bad side about, you know, gigs and everything like that, which I think was still a joke, particularly now with Twitter, did like exposing with that. You know, with Kenan... She at least has a good amount of people that like her, like in the locker room. I mean, That's her true. and Betty Maddox Sands, you know, they're still good doubles partners right. with each other. And then, you know, she's, you know, played sometimes with Belinda Benchitz, like this year, way back before COVID. They have a decent, good friendship with how Belinda can be very competitive, albeit because Belinda doesn't do those antics, you know, in terms of the game. Right. You know, and even, and even Vika likes some. Um, like Kenan, like enough. So, you know, I, I think Kenan, like, you know, has shown traces of being like a good person overall. But I think when it comes to this and just seeing how she is, is already being that type of player where you're like, wow, her game really does annoy me, but she's competitive. She's right there. It's something where I, I think that she's still just for the broader appeal of just getting the tennis community behind her, you know, mm-hmm. let alone the casual fan who doesn't know a single thing about her. Right. Um, I think you, that's going to be the key for her. You know what's interesting, what you said? Uh, you, you said something that I actually believe, and for the exact same reason. I have always believed, no matter what her demeanor has been, that she wasn't a bad person for the very reason of knowing who she was cool with on the tour. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, if she wasn't cool, they would not be messing with her, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. I, I honestly think she's just, she's really just a very awkward girl. Yeah, you know. she, she, <laughs> needs to, she needs to let her daddy go. That's what it is. Because the daddy's mm-hmm. crazy. The daddy right. old school and he crazy. And she needs to set him down and so that she can enjoy. She's a 21-year-old girl. Let her right. get out there and enjoy herself, hang out with her girlfriends, 
I mean, to me, yo, you you don't need your daddy around it like that, because that to me is where 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 what's up is you got old school right there, and he he got it on lock. Yeah, he, yeah, yeah. So, well, you know. So anyway, we it was just very interesting that I saw such a response from people, you know, about you know those two not just not wanting them to win. Mm-hmm. Um, that. You know, that's really interesting. Um, Andrew, be, uh, you know, uh, I, I don't know how long you can stay, but before you mm-hmm. go, I wanted, I wanted to um, position a question to you that was yes, sir. to Isaac and I on our podcast today. Uh, and that was, you know, based upon now what we've seen, what do our Melbourne predictions look like? Oh, Lord. I mean, <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's hope uh, Shane Open make sure they have their tournament. Which I, you know, because you know sometimes they'll show you, you know, they don't like being locked in too, and now they're in their summer down there, and then we just hope the darn thing doesn't spread, you know, right. down there like that's that. That's right. That's you know? right. So you know, let's let's definitely definitely hope they're able to get through with that. But um, you know, if it goes down, I, I mean, you still have to say, despite Rafford doing his thing here, that. You know, Novak, you were fat. They're in there because we don't know how Federer is going to look off of having mm-hmm. this much rest. And thank goodness that he'll be back all the way. He's still the GOAT, you know, in my book, without a doubt, despite, you know, yeah. all, overall. But um, I think that – so I still would fat the Djokovic again because Melbourne is almost like his Roland Garros sometimes. So, right. Um, but I think still, though, that this will take a little bit of a sting off of that. And Rafa will say, hey, I have house money and momentum from this Roland Garros being so late, this French Open late in the year, that, um, you know, I'll take that regardless of what happens in this indoor period. And <laughs> I right. mean, bless you, ATP finals, but I don't think people are going to really care about that too much, uh, honestly, with that. Um, for this side, for WTA, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, God bless this great era uh, of golden era. I, I will say that Naomi really does have that shot as as, as Kenneth good this forever. You've been really on this thing in terms of Naomi really turning the page now. It feel mm-hmm. like this is the this third slam is really going to be like the thing that's going to kick her into really being consistently like week in week out like the arguably the best in the game so uh-huh. you know I think she will certainly feel good about going into that tournament in a good mood I think honestly I would say Petra will feel a, a certain way too about how she's playing you know mm-hmm. when she sells herself and she can just you know stay healthy and keep the course that she's right there contending as well. And I think, you know, it's going to be interesting with seeing with Halep and then Ashley Barty back yep. into the mix. So, yep. you know, and then obviously the legend, the GOAT that is Serena, you know, she has to be always factored in because she's saying she ain't retiring anytime damn soon. And, you know, who knows when Andressa if she's even going to be like the next <laughs> So right. it's, it's so many variables, and I didn't even mention Vika, Lloyd, or Brady. So I mean, yeah, get, yeah. The, the WCA just is just special. It's just a shame that the WCA people marketing it are the opposite of um, platinum. They might as well be aluminum. 
I tell you what, you, you made me think of a couple of things. And, mm. and, and one of the things with Osaka, and, and, and I could be making too much of this, but I just had this feeling that, you know, when Osaka was winning and she was doing what she was doing for herself, that was cool. But I think Osaka has so embraced this whole movement thing mm-hmm. that she now feels like she's playing for more than herself. Yep. And, I, and I saw her make this quote after the tournament where she, she was she was she said something about she was responding to the people that said, you know, uh, she shouldn't be involved in politics or she or something like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she stated you know, that uh, it was that important that she be, and for that reason, she was going to make... Oh, because they were saying they they didn't turn in to see her on TV, Mm -hmm. you know, making her statement. And she was like, you know, it is my goal for you to see me as much as I possibly can. So so she's got, I think, something extra driving her right now that could propel her to really kind of solidifying... that up. The other thing that you um, you made me think about was, you know, I haven't heard a lot of people comment on it, but we've all been talking about how good Rafa looked. I mean, how much do you maybe attribute that to him deciding to even skip that whole come to New York thing? Yep. You know, um, he didn't have to go through all that rigmarole over there and then, you know, even playing on the hard courts, which we know he doesn't care for as much. I mean, hell, he was defending champion. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm yep. saying? Yep. And, and he's got to feel really good about making that decision based upon him winning the French. Uh-huh. And, and, and that's why I said, Bryce, during the podcast, I honestly, my respect level from Rafa, it just jumped a notch after that final. And I honestly believe he's got another five Roland Garros uh, wins in him. I really honestly believe that. I think Rafa will end up having about 25, if not 26 Grand Slams. Because I still think, like you were saying, he can slide through and win another U.S. Open or another Australian. It ain't like he ain't done it. I don't know that I give him enough uh, uh, you know, as far as Wimbledon goes, I think he just wanted to get him a Wimbledon, which he's got, and I think he cool with that. But I think the hard courts, I still think he has the ability, like you said, he just won the U.S. Open last year, so it ain't like he can't. Right. I, I no, exactly. I I agree. I saw Howard popped in the room, and I Howard. I just sent him a a request to speak. I don't know if he's in a a position where he can speak or not. Uh. Howard, what's up, big man? What up, Howard? My good brothers. Yes. <laughs> hey, so we, we've been talking about French Open res, uh, uh, results all weekend. Uh, I, I, I know you uh, uh, took part in watching both the men's and the women's final and uh, just wanted to get your input on that. What did you think about the two? I might lose service. Um, I didn't watch as much of the women as I'd like, but... I just really want to take a moment to uh, pay homage to Rafa. I mean, the guy is doing it at a level that few athletes are doing it in any sport at one competition. And it's freaky to watch. Like, <laughs> to just be in the moment and never slip like that over and over again, not drop a set in this case, that's freakish. It, it is. And, uh, yeah, so I got a lot of respect for that. And then uh, as far as um, – uh, Djokovic, man, 
it's just funny to watch a really good player get put in his place in any sport. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yep. I mean, wow. This guy was like Superman a second ago, and he got spanked. Uh-huh. He got spanked. And so I don't really know what you do if you're Djokovic. You go back to the drawing board, but you're not feeling like, oh, I almost won that. There are minor do I need to relearn tennis? Right. But all in all, it was a it was a great tournament. Um, it was a great tournament. Clay is weird. Clay is weird. Yes, it is. <laughs> but I tell you what, this is the one thing though, and we've always we've seen this, we've commented on it. If there is anybody that'll be able to bounce back, it's going to be Novak. Because, I mean, right. he, hit, he hit somebody in the throat, and look, he was still up in a French Open final. I mean, and, and won, the, won the tournament right before that. So, I right. mean, he is just a clutch dude. So, I think mentally, I give him mad props for being able to compartmentalize things and really oh, keep sure. his – Yeah, he, to me, I honestly feel of anyone, he'll be able to shake off this beat down. And it was a beat down. But I feel like he'll be like, all right, you know, it's, it, that was that. And, and, you know, get me back on a hard court and I'm going to spank up some folks and I'm going to feel good about my game again. And, and you know what? I think he's going to be immediately refocused because you have the pastors, the, uh, the Paris Masters coming up. Mm-hmm. And we know he just kind of took a lead on Rafa on the Master Series. Nope. So he, this gives yeah. him a chance to build on that lead. And then, oh, by the way, you still have the year-end championships. Right. That's that's going to hit. So, and and I don't think you would be entirely crazy if Rafa doesn't shut it down for the rest of the year. Yeah, I, I don't know that I, I'm, I'm with you there. I don't know that I see Rafa playing the year in the championships. I mean, I just, because, you know, he already had kind of put out there his fears of the pandemic and all that other good stuff. I honestly feel like he's like, yo, I want me a French. I'm good. I'm out. I'm going to be like Federer. I'm shutting yeah. down and y'all will see me in 2021. Yeah, he should shut it down and go be safe for the uh, for the rest of the year. Right. Mm-hmm. Blue service. I'm on air. I want to say two things. One, you guys got to come up to Hollywood. Maybe this weekend, let's play tennis. The second thing is, I just want to say now that I'm on. Uh, did Nadal give Djokovic a whole biscuit? <laughs> <laughs> did he? Boy, listen. Did he? he gave him bread and a whole biscuit. Said, yeah. listen. <laughs> no, excuse me, not bread. He gave him a, a bagel, bagel. Yeah. and a whole biscuit. <laughs> and a whole biscuit. <laughs> Make the bread. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Oh, yes, sir. yeah, you, you you called it, bro. And like I said, your analogy on the podcast was it was it was the perfect analogy. He was like, "You done came into my house. I'm cook- I got my yeast out. I got I got all my baking products ready. I'm about to cook you some stuff so you can have you some bread. You need some sustenance. So go and take this bagel that I made for you. I'm going to give you this whole biscuit because it's the last one. I'm going to give you some some pure honey to go with it. Listen. (laughs) Bryce, you called it, Fred. Oh, my goodness, you called it. I'm serious, man. That was, oh, my God. I just, I mean, 
Not only was I happy for Rafa, but I was yes. even happier that Novak was taking that beat down like that. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yes, I and, and like like I said, bro, I I just went into that match clearly knowing who I wanted to win. I was like, Rafa need to beat him down. And that's exactly what he did. And it's a shame that I, you know, that, that I and others kind of feel that way about Djokovic, but you know, sometimes you make your own bed and that to me call, it just goes to all of the, this thing, you know, again, Corona, you know, Corona, Corona for everyone tour. I mean, just all this silliness that he has just been involved with. You know, talking about the whole just if you think positively, you could turn some toxic water into some wine or some bullshit like that. I was just like, what are you saying? Do you not understand <laughs> the the platform that you have and how many people listen to you? Right. It's there, like, come on, man. Look, there is only one time that I vote for Novak Djokovic. Okay, what is that one time? Oh, come come on, Isaac. You don't know me better than this. What will be the one time I would ever Vote for Novak Djokovic to win. Uh, when he's playing tennis, angry. There you go. <laughs> he played tennis, angry, and actually, I may be putting Opelka on that list too. But hey, you leave Riley alone. Hey, yeah, yeah, all right. And that's the only two times, and I hope he feeds them. I mean, I hope he feeds them well. But other than that, I'm always voting on the other guy against Djokovic. I'm, I'm just, it's. Oh my goodness! Yeah, yes. yeah. you know I, I'm right there with you. I'm right tennis, there with you, bro. Ten, yeah, tennis sandwich can eat a dick, man. I cannot <laughs> say. I cannot. Right, I cannot do. Oh, uh, I am anyway. not a fan of his. No, no, he's done. Unfortunately, says some things in his past that are just unacceptable, and I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Right. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, Mitchell. Hey, we need to bring up Mitchell. I want to. I want to hear Mitchell's uh, thoughts about the French Open and what yeah, he saw. Mitchell, get on up here, man. Get yourself up here. How do we have? There he is, Mitchell. Yeah. What up, man? Brothers, y'all have me. Good, man? Y'all have me in tears. <laughs> <laughs> You know I'm how we trying. do. Come on now. Come on. The, everyone, everyone who knows knows to stay around till the end. That's, that's <laughs> <the good> stuff. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so how are you, man? Did, did you yeah. watch the tennis this weekend? I'm good. Yeah, I did. I, uh, you know, the, with the women. I mean, it was obviously the draw was just totally all over the place but mm-hmm. man Swiatek was impressive like dude. you know she's young she really I, I I don't know if I was listening to you guys earlier talk about this or somewhere else but the like the I didn't realize her kind of history as a junior mm-hmm. um, same yeah so like I didn't you know that was that was kind of like it was surprising, but like in a good way for her, you know, like she clearly like has been to a big, somewhat big stage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, she was just composed. It was impressive. And Kenneth's just like such an interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> She's special. That's what we call them. She's special. <laughs> she like Danielle Collins. She's special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> and it's, yeah, she, she's, inter- I don't know. Like, I don't quite know what to make of her yet. <laughs> like as a, you know, you like as a, is she is she gonna be good? Like she's won 
And, you know, she's, like, pretty young, and she's won already. Yeah. Like, she, right. so, yeah, she's going to be good. I mean, like I said, you, you she she didn't sneak up and win that Australian. She went and right. took that Australian Open. So, no, I, I, I believe Sophia will be, you know, somebody to contend with through the years. Because she's 21, so she's, she's – you know, it's just it's just her. Like I say, we just got we just need to fix <laughs> that awkwardness, <laughs> yeah, that craziness because she's special. Yeah, fix yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, fix it and forget it. You know what we have, Brad? <laughs> wow, I just I just missed it. Thanks to my phone, I'm uh, literally being ridiculous. I just missed the great times, and now. We got to get to Courtney up in here. Yeah. yeah. What's good? What's the brothers up, are hey, out of nowhere. Hey. I heard, uh, I heard Danielle call. Go ahead. Um, no, go ahead. Hey. I, this, is, this is true. So I, I lived in Chapel Hill for four years, and um, I have I watched Danielle Collins in college play. And one time, particularly at UNC, she was playing. Do you guys know Haley Carter? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So she was playing Haley Carter and they went three sets. And like if even if we clapped if Haley dirty winner or something good, like she would turn around and scream like at us and like call. <laughs> it- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> behavior like that on a tennis floor before in my life. Oh my god. Why yes, is that Daniel not surprising you know? <laughs> Yeah. I can't be a fan after that. <laughs> I get that. I get that, Courtney. I just, I I don't know why. There's just, I just have a little special place in my heart for, 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 for DC because she's just so crazy. And and you're right. It's not that ain't right. And <laughs> I don't know. At at a certain point, I may let her go. But she just she entertains me like I cannot even explain. So I just I like the fact that that <laughs> level of crazy that she got. It's just it's just oh anyway. Hey, hey I would like to send her and Camilla George Camilla Georgie on a weekend retreat. Listen, <laughs> one of them one of them wouldn't make it back. I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> in fact, as Howard Joy said, it's something we're deep with WCA fans. It needs to be her, Asimkinko, Nicolescu. Um, <laughs> we, we, we really do need to have that be a royale uh, tournament <laughs> of insanity in certain levels. And, and I like Danielle Collins, but she's the opposite of country club tennis. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, you know what? And if you put all those people together, you'd have to go ahead and throw Serena in there. Well, you know, she's so dignified now being the GOAT that it's just it, it, it's just it's just hard to put her in. Oh, Sasha Victory. How could I forget? <laughs> <Right. laughs> I mean, Lord. I mean, uh, Howard. You, we we need Howard in here because this is the the the, the, the casual fan doesn't understand how great WCA really is in terms of these players and how bad the marketing is in the WCA. I mean, I agree with you. I think the WTA is wild. You know, Mitch and I have our our little favorite players on the WTA that we like to watch and clown, but. uh yeah, a lot of the oh. Howard Clown. Oh, Howard, Howard. 
Who's one of these players, Howard? If any, our favorite, our favorite, our favorite player on the WTA is Jeannie Bouchard, and the reason is because Jeannie Bouchard is a is a celeb, an Instagram celebrity first mm-hmm. and a second. Yeah, which we've discussed <sighs> with the which we've discussed with the brothers on here as as kind of like a, you know, she peaked at like nineteen, on tour. I mean, as a person who is a Jeannie Bouchard defender, um, and yes, I will say on the off note that she, as I told both Bryce and Isaac about, that she does have she did have her Justin Bieber s type bratty moments um, in the tennis world. Large part, she's a very, very nice person. Canadian, nice, truly. Um, you know, like good. Like, you know, she's good people. She still values her. T- she she does value her. T- it's just the fact that once people got to her game and realized that, wait a minute, like you're not that powerful despite being aggressive. We, you're not Grand Slam material, and and that's what has led to her like decline. But she's playing better now, and she, you know, she loves she loves sport. Like, you know, yes, she does love the IG. She does admit to that for sure. But you know, that's something that adds to her personality, and she's a really, really nice person. Well, uh, and, and, and let me, yeah. let me, and, and let me ahead, add B. that I, I agree with that because once again, I'm using the same analogy. The fact that she's really, really cool with Venus and Serena, and she just mm-hmm. idolizes them. I, I know she she had to be kind of cool, right? But here's here's the thing with Bouchard, right? So she wasn't able to duplicate that wonderful year she had the next year, and then mm-hmm. Bouchard ended up having that injury at the U.S. Open, and and getting that fat purse lawsuit for, uh, on that lawsuit. See, now she doesn't have to play tennis for money no more. Now she can play because she just wants to, and you're starting to see she's playing for the love of the game because. They didn't disclose what the actual amount was that he won, but I, in my kind of lawyer-esque way of reading the wording around, yeah, <laughs> she, she, yeah, she, she did yeah. okay. And you know, Kenneth, she already, you know, was rich, rich too. Like, you know, oh, from like yeah, her, her family, family, right? Her family, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like her, that's how I heard Lauren Robinson, you know, were friends before. You know, they're falling apart over. Coach Nick um, Saviano and that ugly thing, and then and that's funny because then Sloan and Bouchard got close with each other, you know, after all that or whatever. And she was also coached by Saviano back in the day. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just something with her. It's just the thing where her game was always that power, that limited power wise, despite her being aggressive. But um, it, it's something where she at least. Um, wants to not be just someone that's just fading away in the background, but she doesn't have like in dress schools like real raw power. And while she's <laughs> now the Canadian number three now, because Layla Fernandez I'm telling you, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't don't sleep on Layla. I'm trying well, to tell y'all, don't well, sleep on her. Well, how we're just saying, you know, all this conversation you guys having just really boils down to Bouchard really just ain't that good. Yeah, <laughs> that, and that's true. <laughs> yeah, it's nothing against her as a person. I think I got nothing against her as a person. It's just kind of like it's just been kind of interesting to watch how she had such a bright future and showed so much so early, and then it just didn't work out for her. I blame Chris Everett. 
She can be a little bit bratty. She, yeah. Most of the time, she's funny. Sometimes she can be rude. In general, she's funny to laugh at. Mm-hmm. She's got a fly Nike deal. She wears some of the best stuff in the collection. She's she just got that work. Like, she just... Well, yeah, and I, well, I, and you know I will, I will have to actually kind of because where Mitchell and Howard were coming from, I'm be honest with you, Andrew. For me, when Jeannie came out, she she wasn't one of my favorites, and I feel mm-hmm. like it was she didn't come across as being very nice. She came across honestly very much like Sharapova, like <laughs> like a, li- a little bit privileged, a little bit like you know, I'm I'm this island. I don't need to speak to you. I don't need to be nice to you. And and I I was not that fond of of that Jeannie Bouchard. I actually like this new Jeannie Bouchard because of the fact she does seem to be out there looking to you know really just play tennis and get some good results. But I'm gonna be honest with you, when she initially came out, no, I was not a fan of hers. I really wasn't. Let me well, tell you. Let me tell you how you become a fan fan of Jeannie's. Okay, you're like you know that Jeannie has a match you know, the next morning and like maybe the early rounds of the, the French open or mm-hmm. something. And then you open up Instagram and you see it's like 11 PM France time. And she's like out on her story at a club. Then, then you start to appreciate the craziness that is Jeannie Bouchard. She's not a tennis player. You have a match the next morning. Oh, Howard, Howard. Howard. Or like McDonald's or like a, fr- a frosty. Or <laughs> Courtney, go get him. Go get him. Go get like him, a, please. A, like a... <laughs> Y'all be yeah, going in, and I love it. Yeah, I know they they wrong for that. <laughs> Courtney, I want to hear from you. Courtney, come on. Yeah, yeah. I I am not a Bouchard fan at all. <laughs> <laughs> Get her, Courtney. Get her. <sighs> I last year I went to the US Open. I was already not a fan of hers, but I went to the US Open like the week <laughs> before where they opened it up for the first time to fans. And she just walked around that place like she owned it, barely wore any clothes to cover her body. <laughs> just, I, dude, I can't like her. Courtney has put the restrictions on her tire. Right? Um, Lock her down. That's right. <laughs> well, Courtney, at least Courtney, Courtney and I, you give her this, especially Courtney, you give her credit in terms of the Super Bowl bet. You know, she could have and she honestly, you know, was hoping that the Falcons, just like anyone rational in America, not named Howard Akumi, that the Falcons wouldn't do Falcons things and blow that Super Bowl. But you had to respect her for saying, you know what, I'm going to honor my bet. And she actually was talking to this guy and in terms of a decent, friendly to maybe more level and stuff like that. You got to give her credit for that. That's something that. You know, well, Courtney, I said because you are also a loyalist to Sheriff Hova, and they went, and it used to be Bouchard and Laura Robinson looking up to Sheriff Hova and getting her to do a Gundam style intro to their Gundam style. But yeah, this is great. I'm telling you, this is on record. This the video's still on YouTube on this, um, gentleman and lady. And you know, so she used to like Sheriff Hova, and then all of a sudden she didn't because of the competitiveness of the sport and is Courtney, does that drive that to, does that drive it to in terms of your Bouchard discuss? Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't like her for a lot of reasons, but then when she attacked Maria, that was game over for me. (laughs) (laughs) That's why, that's why I liked her. (laughs) He's not good at tennis that she had to like 
try to start like a controversy with Maria and like start this whole like war. And it's just like, no, you lost me. By the way, you know, Serena sent her on that mission. So <laughs> <laughs> she did go in pretty strong. Serena say neutral out of that one. And that was a whole thing. Andrew, you talking about the Super Bowl bet kind of. Yes. Kind of sums up Jeannie. Like, I think a lot of people know her for the Super Bowl bet. Like, that's one of the top things you discuss when talking about that's, it. That's sure. when, I, that's when I, I became a fan. And I, I just want to make it clear. I'm not a fan. I'm an ironic fan of hers. Like, I, I think it's funny to laugh at Jeannie Bouchard. And that's what makes her amazing. And she constantly provides you more and more content every time she wakes up. She does. <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she does. I, I will also blame Chris Everett in that. Because Chris Everett, when Jeannie had her Wimbledon final, the thing that, you know, she would hope that she's more known for, you know, than just stuff like that. But, you know, you have to win in other places to get known for that so people can remember but Chris ever was saying, oh, I see the Petra Kavitica is going to see power unlike anything other she hadn't seen before in Jeannie Bouchard. I'm like, Chris, this exactly. is why ESPN needs to take you off if they were really <laughs> serious about tennis. Because of you saying just factually ridiculous things like that that aren't factual. And you just hype this girl up to then get thrashed completely in the final and never be in the Grand Slam final again. And it was to the point where at least for people inside tennis, there was that thing where it was like, oh, Jeannie, things cool, but y'all overhyping her a little too much. And right. then casually, it's like, y'all were wondering, well, when has she last won anything? Right. Speak- and speaking of Chris Everett, did you guys see that she checked Djokovic, what was it, last night or this morning? What? Did she? What she do? Yeah. What she do? Well, I guess Djokovic, and after the French, was saying that he and Rafa were the greatest rivalry ever in tennis. Ahead and, of ahead of her and uh, right, uh, right. You better, you better, you better go sit well, in the corner well, somewhere. And, 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 and to be fair, I mean, Djokovic <laughs> could could have been just thinking about the men, right? But just said tennis. But when you just say tennis. That includes the men and the women. Exactly. And, and so Chris checked him on that. She was basically like, you may have the greatest rivalry on the men's side. <laughs> but don't get it twisted. <laughs> Y'all, you two done played 56 times. Me and Martina played 80, and 40 of those were finals. Exactly. See, see you know what's funny about that? If Federer said that, Chris would be like, hold oh, Roger. <laughs> because she is a Roger <laughs> all the way. I, don't, again, I can't hate her. Again, I can't hate on her for that. I can't that's hate funny. on her for that. I can't. So she mm. only said that because it was Djokovic who said that. If that was Roger who said that, she'll be like, oh, I embrace you, Roger. You're just so incomparable in all this. And, which, yeah. which, make, which makes me like her right now. <laughs> that, 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 that's the right thing to do. No, nope. Matt just can't win in any PR anywhere. I mean, outside of Serbia, he just can't win in any public PR. Right. That yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. That is hilarious. But uh, <laughs> well, hey, this has been really good. We we've actually gone over the time that we said we were going to do, but. 
this was some really good conversation uh, this week. And, uh, you know, we got a good tournament, you know, going on this week in St. Petersburg on the men's side. Um, the women are pretty much shut down for the rest of the season. They got one small tournament that ain't nobody going to go to. And, <laughs> and, then, and, and then, you know. WCA. It's the truth. And then for the men, you have one Master Series uh, tournament left Paris. Um, and then we got the year-ending championship. So, you know, I, I think Djokovic is going to definitely – play both of those two big ones, but I don't know that Nadal would. So No, I, I honestly feel like Nadal's gonna shut it down. He's like he's like I got me a French open. My year is complete. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> it's bye. <laughs> yeah. like, I do not need to step on the court at all for the rest of the season. My my year is good. Hear me? Listen, I got number thirteen, please. Rafael right. Nadal gonna go back to Mallorca and do some fishing. Yeah, he gonna go ahead and start his family. He gonna go home and start his family. So Courtney, I think you're the Djokovic fan. Um, you know, he I mean he's got a chance to increase his lead on um Serena. I mean uh, his lead on uh, Nadal the whole master series thing. And um, and then he can rack him up another year in championship. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I am a Djokovic fan, but I am. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what he can do if he can stay uh, focused. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I he didn't, he didn't look okay. too good in that final. Yeah, he, he kind of got smacked up a little bit. But, you know, like I said earlier, though, Courtney, if if anyone, I think Djokovic is the master of com- compartmentalizing things. He will take this defeat and he will he will use it as motivation. So I definitely don't see him kind of whimpering in the corner somewhere. He's going to take his L. He's going to take his beat down and he's going to walk forward and be like, I'm st- I'm, st- I'm still I'm still number one and I'm still going to beat, beat some other folk down. So he's going to be all right. And and the thing that that's interesting to remember is that Djokovic actually increased his lead on Rafael because mm-hmm. Rafael was defending champion, so he had no points to gain, and Novak didn't make it to the finals last year because it was against team. Yep. So uh, I don't know where he, I assume he went out in the semifinals. So he he gained a few more points, mm-hmm. getting uh, finals points. Yeah, he's going to get that number one. Just a matter of time before he uh, eclipses that one. So uh, that's that's on its way. Right. I need this next gen to step up and start giving him some else, you know? Yeah, it's going to be tough, though. I, I, I think he enjoys giving them the smackdown. So. Um, but they're coming. They're coming. It'll, right. it'll, it, you know, it, it'll be fun. I think 2021 will be – I still feel like it's going to be another big three-year. I think it'll be 2022 before I think they can kind of consistently start getting up on them. Um, right. Because I, I honestly feel like Djokovic is still on a mission to get that whole uh, – try and get that whole Golden Slam. And he wants that Olympic gold. He wants that whole yeah. – he wants he wants it all. Now, right. after that beatdown he took again in the French Open – <laughs> he's gonna come have to come a little bit stronger if he gonna do something at the french next year but uh but he's still going after it though 
Is um <laughs> is Fed playing the Australian? Oh yeah. Yes. He mm-hmm. committed. He committed, so. he committed already. Him and mm-hmm. Serena. Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah, yeah he'll be there. Which yes. for me, when I heard that that Federer and Serena committed, I was like, that's all I need to hear. I don't care who else comes. <laughs> <laughs> those those are two people I want to win. So right. Right. it's like my twenty twenty one and twenty one is starting off right, right. <laughs> exactly, right? Bri- Bryce, we need we need a similar start to the last time Roger came back to start the year. Yeah, exactly. Twenty seventeen. Exactly. Right. Exactly. He, uh, and um, and I think that was the year that Venus had her good year too. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't have the same face for Venus because apparently <laughs> she really into shopping and all that kind of shit now. <laughs> <laughs> she she going around to these cities like this. Is the last time I'm probably gonna be here. So <laughs> let me enjoy myself. Let me see the sights. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no. I'm, I, if, if that would make me the happiest, if Roger uh, won the Australian and Serena finally got that number twenty-four. Um, actually, I, 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 I don't know. I still think I would prefer Venus. If Venus somehow could get her uh, something else other than a Wimbledon and a U.S. Open, I, I, I like to see. Her. Uh, Ken, if I've, I've long given up the ghosts on that one. <laughs> oh, I, oh, me too. Yeah. Me too. I, I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. All right, then. So everybody have a good one. We'll talk to you later.